Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. And now, here is Walter Bingham. Hello and welcome to the Walter Bingham File for November the 29th, 2022, which in the Hebrew calendar we count as the 5th of Kislev, 5783, written as Tafshin Fe Gimel. I am Walter Bingham and extend a special welcome to our listeners in Australia on JR Radio 88 FM or on the internet. I had hoped that this week I can start my program without mourning yet more terror victims. But this week there were again two terrorist attacks in Jerusalem and Ramot that cost the lives of 15-year-old Arya Shupak and Tetsa Teshuma, one of our valuable Ethiopian citizens, and there were 18 injured. May Arya Shupak's and Tetsa Teshuma's neshamot rise to the highest level as they died al Kiddush Hashem, and may all the injured have a speedy recovery. The incoming public security minister must immediately order the death penalty for terrorist murder. There would be no difficulty because it already exists on the statute book ever since the Eichmann trial. Last week I spoke about the difficulty of detecting lone wolf terrorists because they can just wake up one morning and decide to kill a Jew. But this week's terror attack was no lone wolf and will have involved an organized group, including experts on explosives. The attack was different from those we experienced of late, and as far as we know, or are being told, there are still no clues. Now to other matters. President Biden presides over the decline of America and demise of the rule of law and the transition to the culture of Islam. Let me first of all give you some background of the much-discussed Title 42 provisions. For the past two years, the U.S. federal government has turned away migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border using a public emergency health order known as Title 42. It was launched by the Trump administration at the start of the pandemic, but continued under President Biden and is part of the Public Health Service Act of 1944. Aimed at preventing the spread of infectious diseases in the country, it was an effective tool to control illegal immigration. According to the law, whenever the U.S. Surgeon General determines there is a communicable disease in another country, health officials have the authority, with the approval of the President, to prohibit the introduction of persons and property from such countries or places, for as long as health officials determine the action is necessary. Immigration officials have used the health order nearly 1.8 million times to expel immigrants, many of whom have been removed multiple times after making repeated attempts to enter the U.S. Under Title 42, the recidivism rate, the percentage of people apprehended by CBP, 
Customs Protection on Border Patrol more than tripled from 7% in 2019 to an average of 27% in 2021 and has already reached this number by April this year. Now the Biden administration has cancelled the Title 42 provisions and as a result, Homeland Security predicts up to 18,000 illegal migrants crossing the U.S.-Mexico border more than double the daily current average. That means illegal immigration across the U.S. southern border will number 6 million a year. It is driven by an increased number of asylum seekers fleeing authoritarian regimes in Central America and some South American countries, as well as economic migrants who believe that the streets of the U.S. are paved with gold. And among the large number that avoid contact with Border Patrol are criminals, sex offenders, drug smugglers and human traffickers who disappear without trace. Although considerable quantities of drugs are intercepted, far larger numbers are entering the country. Increasingly larger groups of migrants from Asian Muslim countries arrive at the border who eventually change Western culture into the Muslim laws of the Quran. This uncontrolled immigration promoted by the Biden administration serves to establish a permanent Democrat majority in the country. Some Democrat lawmakers have even voiced interest to grant these immigrants the vote. It is obvious that they will show gratitude to the current administration for the welcome, financial aid and privileges they receive. Many already arrived with signs praising President Biden. The outlook for the United States of America is not encouraging for Western democracy. The largest part of the American population is living in ignorance of the consequences of their election results. The cost of maintaining this immigration will lead to the demise of this once great country. The overrun border states are daily sending several busloads of migrants into the interior. Their purpose is twofold. It serves to thin out their overcrowded reception centers, but also give the Democrat-controlled cities a taste of the problem, which those cities believe should be dealt with at the point of entry. The resulting increasing serious economic crisis high cost of living and gas prices will hopefully awaken the American consciousness before the next election in 2024. Yet the Biden administration is investing more money to nurture the Palestinian Arab population and has appointed Mr. Hadi Amr to a newly created position for special representative for the Palestinian affairs at the State Department. He is to focus on improving America's relationship with the Palestinian Authority and his will be the highest-ranked position dedicated to Palestinian affairs in the State Department. This special representative will engage closely with the Palestinians and their leadership and together with U.S. Ambassador to Israel Thomas Knights and his team continue to engage with Israel on Palestinian-related issues 
which, according to the State Department official, Israel has turned away from since former President Donald Trump recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and announced the relocation of the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem in December 2017. Winston Churchill famously said, You can always trust the Americans to do the right thing after they have tried everything else. And look at the mess they got themselves into. The European population seems more aware than the Americans of the influences that their humanitarian attitude has brought with it. They've officially opened their borders to so-called economic migrants from Muslim countries who have managed to introduce their religious laws into the host country's way of life, resulting in Muslim oppression of women and honor killings. In some European cities, the police is powerless in Muslim areas. But please don't accuse me of being unduly critical of immigrants because I know better than many the hardships of being in that situation. But Jewish immigrants knew how to adapt to their hosts. Jewish immigrants strove to contribute to the economy of their hosts and Jewish immigrants did not impose their Judaism on others nor did they spread hate of Muslims, but practiced their faith in their homes and synagogues. Unfortunately, that is not the case with Muslims. Their immigration brought with it hate of Israel and anything Jewish. They used the modus operandi of the Nazis to spread lies about us, blaming the crisis brought about by their presence in Europe on Israel and the Jews. It is a sad fact that the anti-Jewish lobby in the U.S. has an ally in progressive Judaism. The sermons of progressive rabbis in the United States erroneously refer to Jew hatred as racism. That is absolutely wrong. Jews are not a race, but a people, a nation. So, as a race is not entitled to a country, only nations are... That is their argument that Jews have no right to occupy all of Palestine. But they too will feel the draft of anti-Semitism in the not-too-distant future. It's a pity that it will take even more anti-Jewish incidents to bring them to their senses. Now a word about Israeli politics, always controversial and sadly recently almost entertaining. But Quo Vadis, where is Israel heading now? I belong to the supporters of sovereignty over the whole of the country, but I'm also a pragmatist and don't advocate policies that are akin to acting like a bull in a china shop. Please don't misunderstand me. I also certainly don't believe to dance to the tune of the Biden administration, after all, we are a sovereign nation, and it's nobody's business but our own who should be in our new government. The people have voted, and Prime Minister Netanyahu will form his government. The inflexible demands of our right-wing party leaders for particular ministries are counterproductive and may force Netanyahu to consider the inclusion of another party to complete his cabinet, leaving the wannabes 
out in the cold. Such a result of their inflexibility would be the betrayal of their voters. The I want or else threats will get them nowhere. And that brings me to the statement of Itamar Ben-Gvir. He promised his voters to become an influential minister in the next government. Among the many promises made by politicians prior to elections, this was indeed the strangest and most unrealistic before even a result was known. However, now he is expected to become public security minister, a post for which he is amply suitable. The venerable Betzalel Smotrich, for whom I have great respect, is in all truth not experienced enough to take on the enormous responsibility of defense minister, and Netanyahu was correct to dissuade him. It requires great diplomatic skills and Smotrich's strong Zionist beliefs, ideas and determination are not enough to have his proposed changes, as much as I support them, accepted without repercussions. I'm certain, however, that he will make a success of any other ministry with which he will be entrusted. This government will hopefully run its full term of four years to be able to fulfill Netanyahu's promises made over time to the electors. As far as the leader of the Shash party, Arya Dere, is concerned, he is a convicted criminal for having the finger in the till and should not be in our government far less a minister with a budget. Are they really offering him three portfolios in return for his support? Is Netanyahu accepting this blackmail? This squabbling among the right-wing parties does not bode well for the stability of the incoming government to last the full term. Now that we are finally at the threshold of the right-wing government that we wanted, their ambitions and egos may lay the foundations for its shorter-than-hoped-for term. And finally, I have never spoken about sport or sporting activity, but events at the Soccer World Cup currently taking place in Qatar are moving me to comment. The spectacle of teams trying to wear politically motivated armbands is a new phenomenon and totally unacceptable. The latest display of entering the arena of social engineering was the German team. During a photo call before their match against Japan, the whole team held their hands over their mouths. The German Football Association said that, quote, denying us the armband is the same as denying us a voice. Their profession is football, very highly paid too, and their fans come to see their skills, not to be lectured about their political opinions. To express those is the task of governments, not of sports or any other entertainers. The proverb, Schuster bleib bei deinen Leisten, shoemakers stick to your lasts, originated in Germany. And the score of the game against Japan was a 2-1 loss for the Germans. With that, I end for today. 
Until the next time, when I bring you more news, views and interviews from Israel and the world, this is Walter Bingham wishing you a good and healthy week. And while we are talking about keeping to our tasks, we do not need a special day of thanksgiving. We give thanks to God every day for what He is providing for us, and in the same way, just as your parents have invested in your care, so it is your duty today to give thanks by investing just a little time in caring for the elderly. Please visit your elderly neighbors. Remember the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother, and that includes all the older generation, as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long. Advice from this almost 99-year-old. Goodbye. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Norris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 